Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Bible Quest, the Wednesday edition. It is good to have everyone on today. Uh, today, joining us in Exton, Pennsylvania, is Jeff Smelser. Jeff, did you have a good New Year's? I had a very happy New Year. had a lot of uh, family around, and uh, it's always enjoyable. Okay, and uh, glad you're glad you're here with us. And of course, joining us also is Joe Works up in Elmira, New York. How you doing today, Joe? Oh no, Joe, Joe, are you asleep? Joe, wake up! Oh, oh, oh I, I'm sorry. What? Oh, oh, hey, we're on already. Sorry about that. I just uh, dozed off a little bit. Did you fall asleep again? Oh man, sorry. I apologize. That. Uh, uh, so what? What are we studying today? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands of rest. I think, my friend, you have gotten too much rest lately. So I think that's what we need to talk about today. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, benefiting from this study then. It sounds like Perfect. I need it. All right, uh, guys, guys, I think, that's, I think that's the I think that's the cheesiest opening we've ever had. I don't <laughs> that know. I think that's, that's an that Oscar. Cake. Well, okay. I, well, what I want to know is, was it actually on live? So No, we're good. Yeah, I checked. We're live. Okay. It's good to have you back with us, Chase. It is good to be back. Sorry about my uh, two or three week hiatus, um, but I, I do think we do better as preachers rather than actors, guys. So uh, we'll, we'll just go ahead and we'll get into the Bible discussion today. Um, so we're going to be talking about laziness. Um, I really like Jeff actually came up for the title with this one, The Christian Ethic Opposed to Laziness. Um, and I think that's a really good way to put that. The scriptures actually have a lot to say about a subject like this. And more specifically, we're going to spend some time in the Proverbs today. We'll make some references to the New Testament as we go along, um, but this is just such a relevant topic. And guys, as we kind of, before we get into the text of Proverbs on what it says about this issue, why do you think laziness is a good thing for us to discuss in our day and age? I don't know about our day and age, but I'll tell you what, uh, you know, when you look at yourself and you take inventory of your strengths and weaknesses, this is a lesson I need just frankly, you know, it's, it's easy for me. Once I'm sitting still, it's easy to stay sitting still. <laughs> yeah. And, I, th and I, I think it's something. I think, yeah. Go ahead, Joe. Well, I just say, I, I think most people I know would say that they struggle with this. You know, there's, there's a few men and women that I know that I, I just, I, I, I wonder if they ever sleep. Uh, but those are exceptional people that just have the, the self-motivation to, to keep going um, and, and God bless them that they have that, uh, that gift to uh, that, that stamina and so forth. But I think a lot of us maybe also uh, take a little bit of liberty with whether it's our age or our circumstance, men and women, um, uh, feeling like we've got uh, uh, an excuse to, uh, to sit back too much. But yeah, here, no, I think yeah, go ahead, Jeff. To, to your question about why in this day and age, I guess, you know, there is something to be said about a wealthy society. We have a lot of conveniences. Uh, we have a lot of, of money. Uh, we have time on our hands. It's easy to prioritize leisure and not prioritize industry. And by industry, yeah. I, mean, I mean not being lazy. Yes. And we start to see what we have as entertainment and things that are fun. We start to see them more as what we deserve instead of seeing them as a reward of our labor. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think that's kind of the, the turn that we've made in our society today. But I think you're both right in what you were saying earlier. It's easier to joke and say, oh, laziness, that, that's just really a millennial problem, right? That, and Gen, Gen Z, or uh, yeah, Gen Z, that, that's their problem, not anyone else's. Um, I always get Gen Z and Gen X mixed up, um, whichever the, the most recent one is. But nonetheless, laziness, like you guys said, well, I think it plagues all of us at different points. Uh, I like how Jeff put it. Sometimes you sit down and you just don't feel like getting back up. And, and sometimes that might be a result of, of rest from hard work, or sometimes it might just be a result of feeling slothful and lazy. And so the Proverbs have a good bit of direction for us to consider as we think about this topic. So um, how, how about we just start in Proverbs chapter six? Does that sound good to you guys? Yeah, let me, if I can, just mention one other thing really yeah. quick to, for us to, uh, ourselves and, and others listening, to think about application. Uh, consider 2020. You know, most people in our nation and in the world had more time on their hands. Uh, you know, let's just step back and, and think about how did we use that? Um, you know, we were in quarantine or whatever. Did we use that for... I don't know, Netflix or, or something like that, or did we use it to study God's word more and to get some other things accomplished that uh, we that, that ought to have been done and certainly could have been done? Yeah, all that's all really good for us to think about. And we're also, we're still in the middle of the pandemic. I mean, I'm sure, um, you know, Drew DeGrado, who's behind the scenes for us today, he, you know, he's been on a pretty long quarantine just with everything that's going on. And I think at this point, just about every American, whether you've had the virus or not, you've been slapped with a quarantine at one point or another, and that's going to keep happening. And so it's important to decide from the get-go that I'm going to be a busy person, even if I have to be locked up in my house, I'm going to be productive. Um, I'm not going to be a lazy person, which against being lazy, again, being lazy goes against the Christian ethic. Um, so let, let's look at Proverbs chapter six. And uh, Jeff, if you don't mind kicking us off, will you read verses six through 11 for us, brother? Proverbs six, verses six through 11. I'm reading from the New, uh, the New American Standard Bible. <clears throat> Go to the ant, O sluggard, observe her ways and be wise, which having no chief, officer, or ruler, prepares her food in the summer, and gathers her provision in the harvest. How long will you lie down, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and your poverty will come in like a vagabond and your need like an armed man. All right. Thank you so much. So for starters, who is the proverb writer trying to direct the sluggard to? A good example. Yeah. And uh, what, what is this example? Is it what you would have picked? No, probably not. But you know, you think about when you look at ants, they're never lying around on a leaf with their hands behind their head and their feet kicked up. They're always yeah. busy carrying something from here to there, marching around. <laughs> yes, it's impressive. Um, I don't think I would have ever thought to use the ant in this way. Um, it is really cool as we think about Solomon being the writer. First Kings 4 and verse 33 says that Solomon spoke of trees from the cedar that is in Lebanon, even to the hyssop that grows on the wall. He spoke also of the animals and birds and creeping things and fish. Solomon knew everything there was to know about, is it botany? Is that, is that would be the, the study of animals or is that plants? I sometimes Zoology, botany up. would be plants. Okay, thank you. So, well, botany too, but in this specific situation, he knows a lot about animals. And um, it's really cool as well. Guys, do you all know which gender the working ant is? 
It says, I know because somebody recently told me. <laughs> yeah. So How recently, yeah, we were Joe. talking. <laughs> yeah. So we, we were talking about this some before the podcast. Um, the working ant is actually female. So the ma- the male ant's main job, and you guys, anyone can look this up online. The male ant's only job is to mate with the queen. And if you're not the queen, then you're going to be out getting supplies. So any any ant you see out there that can lift, I think it's 15 times their body weight. It'd be like us being able to lift a car. That is a female working ant. And we know that from scripture, ultimately, which is super cool. Observe her ways. Be wise. And guys, what specifically is uh, Solomon trying to get us to learn from this ant, like in verse 7? Individual initiative, doing what I need to do without somebody telling me I have to do it. Yeah, so she, she doesn't have, uh, which having no chief, officer, or ruler, she goes ahead and prepares her food in the summer. The, the way I would phrase that is she's a self-starter. She doesn't need somebody yep. to show her and, and kick her off to, to go and do this. And I think we've all, maybe, maybe we've been the person or we've had coworkers where it feels like you're constantly having to hold their hand or, or constantly give them the work that they need to do. And Solomon's saying, that's not how the ant operates. And as a self-starter, it goes out and gets the job done. Um, and I think that's a really cool point. And, and you know what? To, to do that, there's a, there's a mental aspect to this. Like most things, if you want to succeed at something, you have to get your head into it. You have to, get your, you have to make a commitment. To be a self-starter, you, and, and that's what I deal with. I find myself, I don't want to get up and do something. Well, I have to make up my mind. I have to mentally say, wait, I need to. And um, so if you want to be a self-starter, start with your head. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and what that means, and for a Christian, it means get your head where the Lord wants it, you know, being led by the Spirit. It, it, take of this ethic that we're being taught and incorporate it into your heart and then into your hands. Sure. And I think just another way we can practically apply this, I think about the countless times where I've fallen short and, you know, my wife has had to nudge me to do that list of things that needs to be done around the house. Well, well, guess what? That's really not me following this principle that we see here. You know, someone who is following this principle, they don't need someone to prod them along. They don't need their spouse to get after them for it. They just need to be doing it is what I'm taking away from this. You know, there's, there's motivation to do that sort of thing. You know, if, if you don't take care of your supplies, you may find yourself cold in the middle, middle of winter or whatever. Yeah, so that, that goes to kind of the second point here. The reason why she doesn't need anyone to tell her what to do is because she's a planner. She understands what's going to happen down the road, right? Uh, they, they're working to make provision for uh, the winter time or for when the harvest takes place. She's getting ready for harder times. And that should be one of the many reasons we're motivated to work is because we're thinking down the road of, well, well, what happens when I don't harvest or what happens when I don't work? The lazy man doesn't really think about that. Joe, Joe said, fill the oil tank. So earlier today in the middle of the night, uh, I, I woke up, was rather my wife woke up in the middle of the night and uh, she said, it's really cold in the house. I said, it is really cold in the house. I go downstairs, and our oil tank is on empty. I had not taken or made provision to fill up that oil tank to make sure we had uh, had 
good heat. We do now, by the way. It's all up and running, so we're good and, now. But and, and so I, that's, I, a great, I poke, that's a great segue. Yeah, go well, ahead. Well, of course, th that's not a sign of laziness. We all forget something from time to time or whatever, uh, overlook a, an issue. Um, but but that's not really a question of laziness. But I think it can be. You know, you think about the person that is suffering during difficult times. It's probably it's often because they didn't prepare in the the proper season from from verse eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we might, you know, Chase, if I could just in, interject something here. Yeah, go ahead. As we as we deal with this subject, this is not just we might say, well, this is just practical advice. It is practical advice. It's very practical, but it's also about what God wants us to be. It's about a, it's a spiritual topic. If you think about the very beginning when God created Adam and Eve, and he he put them in the garden, and he gave them. Uh, work to do there in the garden, and I'm missing Genesis chapter two from my Bible because the page fell out. So I got to grab a different Bible. If you have the reference there, why don't you guys let me grab a different Bible? All right, here we go. Genesis chapter two. Um, okay, they're around verse fifteen, or maybe even a little. Yeah, before verse then. fifteen. The Lord took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. This is paradise. This is before the sin. This is when everything is good and God gives man work to do. Um, and, and no doubt, man took pleasure in the work that he was doing and, and could look at the product of his hands and say, wow, this is looking nice. This is looking good. I like the way, you know, I've cleared this pasture here, whatever. And then we come to the New Testament and we find this idea of diligence and, and energy in, in Romans, the 12th chapter, verse 6 having gifts differing according to the grace that was given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of our faith, or ministry, let us give ourselves to our ministry, or he that teacheth to his teaching, or he that exhorts to his exhorting, or he that gives, let him do it with liberality, maybe meaning with generosity, he that rules with diligence, he that shows mercy with cheerfulness. God, it's part of the character God wants us to have to put ourselves, to throw ourselves into our work. Yeah, and um, I also think about, as we think about our work, not only on this earth, but if you're a Christian thinking about the work we do in the kingdom, um, one of the reasons this is so important, I'm, th I'm thinking also specifically, you brought up Romans there, Jeff, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 15, or uh, excuse me, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. You know, the, the work that we do here on this earth, it's going to pass away, isn't it? And, and that's really one of the points that Solomon's going to make in the book of Ecclesiastes. Any work you do here, it's, it's vanity. It's going to pass away. But the work that we do in the Lord's kingdom, Paul tells us, will go into eternity. It's not done in vain. And that's a necessary counterpart to trying to combat laziness, realizing that any work we might do here is so vain, except if it's done in the Lord's kingdom. And we don't have very long here in the grand scheme of things. And maybe a bit later on, um, if whoever the host is, if you could give me the ability to share a screen, once we get to the end of the podcast, there's a chart I want to share with everybody um, that I think is pretty cool. So I don't know if that's Drew or Jeff. So if one of y'all could give me the, the ability to share, I'll do that in a little bit. That's my so, but um. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. Well, I was just going to say, let's make sure that we don't uh, uh, separate too much the physical work from the spiritual work 
I certainly agree with everything you said, uh, but just as, as a caution, we ought not to think that physical labor, going to, to work, you know, doing your job, whatever it is, you know, for the person that has the, the factory job or the farming or whatever, that, that has spiritual relationship as well. You know what? Uh, we ought to uh, let him who steals, st uh, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather labor with his hands, um, uh, and so you know, so that he can give to others. Um, and uh, whatever you do, do heartily unto the Lord. That whatever seems pretty inclusive. Uh, Colossians three. Um, I also was thinking about here in verse eight. Uh, I don't know if you guys had made this connection or not, but man that really sounds like the ending of the book of Proverbs, the, the virtuous woman. Um, you know, if, if we wanted to have an example of somebody, we might, okay, go to the ant. We could also close off the, the study of Proverbs by saying, go to the virtuous woman mm -hmm. and, uh, and see her as well. Yeah, excellent point. Well, guys, kind of on the, the back end of these verses we looked at, specifically verse 9 through 11, what seems to be his biggest problem? What's his biggest obstacle to being someone who's productive? Uh, laziness. <laughs> yeah, laziness, but I'm sorry, more specifically, what, what is he doing, I guess, is my question. Sleeping. sleeping. Yeah, he's sleeping. He's getting too much rest. And uh, I think that's a helpful thing to consider. What, what makes rest more enjoyable? Having worked beforehand. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, have you guys ever had too much rest before or yep. too much sleeping? I, I specifically remember it was between the summer where I, I was 14 and I was going to turn 15. And um, all the jobs around where I was, I, I, you had to be 16 to get a job, right? There, there wasn't any jobs for 14 and 15 year olds. And I just remember being a lazy bum that summer for those three months. And it got to the point where I was just sleeping so much. I got tired of sleeping. I know that sounds like an oxymoron almost, but that's how much rest I had been getting. I was just getting so tired of it. And um, he goes on to tell us what the consequence of this is, is your poverty will, will come in like a vagabond. Jeff, that seems like the type of word you would know what it means. What's a vagabond? I don't know. I mean, I know what it is. I wonder if it doesn't have a common root in the word vagaries. Vagaries are wanderings. And I think of a vagabond as somebody who wanders around aimlessly, um, like a, just somebody who's just an itinerant beggar would be a, a vagabond. I'll look it up. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but this, this guy who's always sleeping too, I love, I quoted this at the beginning of the podcast when we caught Joe dozing off. This guy has a mantra, right? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Solomon will use that another time later in Proverbs to describe this person. And so sleep is what um, is, is making this guy fail. He's not getting out of bed. He's just getting too much rest. And so, so uh, we'll have more to say about that as we go through the rest of the Proverbs. But um, guys, other thoughts or comments on the section before, I, before we move somewhere else? So I'm wondering if we analyze this sort of like in a medical sense, uh, uh, medical arena. Um, you know, you go to a physician and uh, you know, he says, okay, how are things going? So, well, I've, I've been sleeping too much. Um, well, is, is the sleep, is that the, the disease, so to speak, or is that a symptom of something else going on? And, and I think that as we analyze that from a spiritual, scriptural vantage point, the fact that he's sleeping all the time and, uh, you know, is he, 
we might think that, well, the sleeping is causing the poverty. That's true in the text. But what's causing the sleeping? It's because he's not caring for God and for others, right? I mean, that's ultimately um, what's leading him to this laziness is thoughtlessness of, of others uh, wanting to be taken care of instead of taking care of others. Uh, Gardner Hall does a lot of uh, lessons very well on, uh, you know, we're either givers or we're takers. And the, the lazy person is a taker. Um, that seems to be well, at least one way of expressing the greater disease, if you will, self-inflicted. Yeah, great, great thoughts. Jeff, you got anything else on this section? No, I'm good. I just, I did, I looked it up and yes, Vagabond, Vagary, same origin. Okay, cool. And it does have the idea of just wandering around with nothing useful to do. Gotcha. Well, let's move on to Proverbs chapter 26. So th this is one of my favorite ones too, with this discussion. Um, the way I title this section is, is what the lazy man loves. There's four things that he loves and this text does a good job. Joe, um, do you mind read 13 through 16 for us? Okay. The slothful man says, there's a lion in the road. A fierce lion is in the streets. As a door turns on its hinges, so does the slothful turn on his bed. The slothful man buries his hand in the bowl. It wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. The sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. Okay, so there's, there's a lot to unpack here. So there's kind of the way I see it, four things that the lazy guy loves. And what do you guys think is going on in verse 13? Why is it that the sluggard is shouting about a lion in the square? The first thing he loves is an excuse. Yes, I agree. I think the first thing he absolutely loves are excuses. Also note that this is also used back in chapter 22 and verse 13. The sluggard says, there's a lion outside. I will be killed in the streets. So could it be true that there's a lion in the square? Could yeah, I be. yeah, could be. Do you think that is something that might have happened at some point? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. And so he's, he's capitalizing on this completely hypothetical situation and using that as his excuse for not getting out and going to do work or going to do whatever he needs to do. That's the way I've always looked at it. He, he's constantly looking for the next excuse as to why he doesn't have to get out of bed. Um, so it might be different for all of us. Um, and I, I don't know, we all could insert different reasons there. Well, the, the, you know, but, but this is this is going out on, on a limb here, getting a little dangerous here. But for the past year, have a lot of us been saying, well, there's there's COVID in the streets. Ooh, Ooh. yeah, I'm not, that's saying, I'm not saying we shouldn't be careful. I'm not saying we shouldn't be thoughtful of others and try to avoid putting somebody at risk. But it's been easy to be lazy the past year when you think about it. Yeah, how, how much are we? Go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. Say, how, how much of it? How far are we taking that? As you said, it's it is proper to be concerned about other people's health and our own even. But how much of that then becomes an excuse? Uh, that's between each individual and God. Mm -hmm. But it, it ought to be weighed. Uh, you know, we ought to be honest uh, in our hearts about that. Yeah. And I mean, for this guy, let's say it is true that there's a line in the square. Does that make it true that he doesn't have to go out and do all these things? Does that make it true that there's not a way around that? I've never been in that situation before. Um, and so I don't think it can be an outright, oh, well, there's not really a line. Now, maybe that is something that happened. 
But I think the principle I take away from it is that's not a good excuse. Figure a way around it, man. Get to work. Do what you got to do to go do um, what the Lord is telling you. And so I, I don't think it's a valid excuse at all. But lazy people, all of us, when we're lazy, we're quick to come up with an excuse why we can't meet up with that person or why we can't go encourage somebody or, or why we can't help in this specific scenario. Throw the excuses out, man, and just go do it. So a couple of years ago, one of the villages I was uh, working in in Mozambique uh, had had a lion in the area, um, not extremely recently, but but not too much before I had gotten there. And, uh, you know, there was a question about, you know, well, is he still in the area or not? But you could tell the, the people didn't just, you know, huddle in their huts and, uh, and, and not do anything. They still cultivated the land. They still worked. They still provided for their, their families and even would see about protecting others. If there's a lion in the streets, what ought we to do? We ought to try to protect other people that may be vulnerable. Except you know, that one person in Mozambique who was the lazy person. And for him, it yes. was an excuse. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you can, you can see how somebody could take that as an excuse for that. I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I started to ask, I said, Joe, you spent time over there in Africa where there's some lions and such. What would people do if there was a, a possibility of a lion in, in the village? The, 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 the men of the village would gather together and uh, they would either hunt it down or scare it away or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that's what you do when there's uh, danger uh, around. Um, we've seen that even in some of our cities, for all of us in Pennsylvania, New York, occasionally a bear will come into town. Sure. And, uh, you know, they, so a warning goes out, you, you be cautious, but then people go out and they, they find that and they capture it and send it back into the wild or whatever. Yeah, we had a bear here in Exton, just uh, about a mile from where I'm sitting right now here about three or four years ago. In Kentucky, one time we had a bird fly in the house and I didn't want to leave my room. I don't know if that's an equivalent at all, but that's all I can think of. Um, but uh, yeah, the, we lazy people are full of excuses. Um, and so as we move along here in verse 14, what's the next thing that the lazy guy loves? Verse 14 is the door turns on its hinges, so the sluggard on his bed. You know, you lie there on that bed long enough, you're going to have to roll over because you kind of get, you know, stiff on one side, it gets uncomfortable. So you got to roll over on the other side. Yeah. And uh, another way someone to describe this to me is not only do you have the, the physical image of a hinge turning or a door turning on its hinge, you also have the noise that a door makes as it turns on its hinge. You know, there's the groaning that happens as you're flipping back and forth. The, the sluggard, he not only loves excuses, but he loves sleeping. He loves not having to do anything, just staying in bed and watching Netflix, if you will. You know, that's what he likes. And we've next, already talked about that some in chapter six. The next verse. What's is that? Disgusting. I say that again. The next verse is disgusting. Yeah. So in verse, uh, in verse uh, 15, the sluggard buries his hand in the dish and he is weary of bringing it to his mouth again. So the way I like to label this one, he loves eating kind of, <laughs> he loves eating kind of, he, he loves eating enough that he's going to get his hand over there in the bowl. I always imagine a bowl of Cheetos. I don't know why, but he gets his hand over there in the bowl, but he just is too lazy to get that hand back up and feed himself. Um, 
and guys, do you think that's a, that's a literal amount of laziness um, that Solomon is talking about? Or is there a greater principle there that he's talking of? Tell us. I don't know. I was legitimately asking. Can, can uh, somebody get so lazy to the point where they can put their hand in but not take it back out? Yes. Yeah, you, I, you hear of people who are so lazy they won't even feed themselves. Yeah. They, they want somebody else to feed them when they are actually capable of doing it. Uh, yeah, there's, you know, it, it is unfortunate, that, you know, and we ought to, to make a distinction for those listening. We're not talking about people who have some type of a handicap or are or, or suffering in some way or circumstances have fallen upon them uh, that life is difficult. We're talking about able-bodied, capable people who uh, are, are just simply refusing to, to do even the minimum. Um, I, I vented a little bit the other day on Facebook that I was so disgusted. I wanted to say something, but knew I needed to control my tongue and I wouldn't if I started uh, in the, the parking lot at Lowe's the other day of all places. And a guy come, brings his cart out, loads up his truck. He walks four spaces over and leaves his shopping cart in the, the handicap spot. Um, and, uh, you know, he, boy, he walked all around the store. He was, he was capable. He was driving his vehicle all by himself. He, he, there was no excuse other than just laziness to take it to the cart carousel or back to the front door. And he just left it. And again, it's just that thoughtlessness or, or that, that rudeness of character um, uh, that he didn't see it significant enough to even help some of the most vulnerable people, um, but put them in a more difficult situation. Okay, my rant's over with, sorry. No, 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 I, I like that. And that really helps me answer the question I started with, is there a broader principle in this verse? And I think what we can pull away from that is starting something, but not being able to finish it. So he's starting with the purpose of eating, but he's so lazy he can't finish the job. Hmm. And um, that really, I think that one goes well, if I can just scroll down in my notes so I make sure I get it right. This goes well with chapter 12 and verse 27. We're going to come back over here to 26 in just a second, guys, because I want to get this last one. Um, but in chapter 12 and verse 27, it says, a lazy man does not roast his prey, but the precious possession of a man is diligence. So the question when you come to this verse is, well, why doesn't this guy roast his prey? And there's actually two different takes that I've learned that are on this verse. The first possibility is he may be so lazy that he didn't go hunting in the first place. So if he doesn't go hunting, then he gets no roast. There's just, this isn't something that he gets. But another take on this verse that I, I kind of favor is that he had enough effort to go hunting to get roast but he was too lazy to actually roast his prey. Mm. And so he started his job, but he didn't actually finish it. And that's really a form of laziness. If I can put it another way, wastefulness is a form of laziness. Yeah. Guys, how, how many times have we wasted a piece of equipment or a tool that we had or, or leftovers or different things that the Lord has blessed us with? How many times have we wasted it just because we were being lazy, because we were being slothful. We didn't want to finish the job. The farmer who um, goes out and he throws seed on the ground and the crops start coming up, but he never gets around to harvesting it and it rots in the field. Right. And he put some work in, um, some work that I would, I would even classify as, as diligent. 
but he didn't see it through. And that is what made him slothful. That's what labels him as lazy. Um, and so I think that's something to consider that, that wastefulness can be a form of laziness. We got we to gotta guard against that. What do you all think about that? Well, how does that, how, how does that, uh, how, how do we convince somebody of that? Uh, thinking about chapter 26 and verse 16 then. Yeah, yeah. So, so coming back to, yeah, to verse 16, um, the sluggard buries, or sorry, the sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can give a discreet answer. So what was your segue there, Joe? Uh, no, no, I just think that, uh, you know, we, we can see that in other people so easily. Um, uh, but if we want to be lazy, we can uh, convince ourselves to the point that any logic or reason is, is not good enough. Uh, you know, my, my motive, my, uh, my desire for taking care of you know, myself, and, and really I'm not, if I'm being lazy. Nobody um, understands how hard I have it. Nobody understands how I feel so bad. Nobody understands, you know, I am wiser than all of them. I know better. If I had a nickel for every time I heard you say that, Jeff, I, <laughs> well, actually I wouldn't even have a nickel. Um, uh, but, uh, I just said it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, and, yeah, but, but, yeah. Go ahead, Joe. Well, I but you do you you hear people talking about you know well there's no there's no jobs out there or whatever the case might be. Yeah. And, uh, oh, that's you know, that's a good one. Um, you know, I, I forget who it was I learned from a long time ago. Uh, I suspect it was my dad that, that you know if you don't have a job, your job is looking for a job. Um, <laughs> I like that. I know, really like that. <laughs> uh, you know, beat the bushes, spend 40 hours a week going looking for a job then. Um, you know, if, if somebody's going to help you, give you a handout, at least show that you're putting forth effort. Yeah. I had a brother just called me the other day and he's struggling with this dilemma. When you see somebody on the street begging uh, for, for handouts, what, what do you do? <clears throat> and I was just talking to him about, you know, the, the balance between generosity and enabling somebody who is just just lazy. And sometimes you don't know what the case is. But when you see somebody who is an able-bodied man, a uh, fairly young man, and he's standing out in the middle of the lanes of traffic, walking up and down, carrying a sign for hours on end, whatever energy he's expending walking up and down, and the hours that he's committing to that could be used with that job of looking for work and with all the help wanted signs in the windows up and down the street, he could be going and knocking on some doors and say, Hey, I'll take that job. And may, maybe, maybe he has to make some concessions. Maybe he has to say, you know, I know I don't have this qualification, but I'll take a, a lower paid rate than you're offering or something. There are examples of that kind of behavior. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also, what I like about this verse, in verse 16, again, the sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can give a discreet answer. One way I heard this described is that, that the lazy man loves um, to act like he's smarter than everybody else. He's, he's arrogantly opinionated is yep. what I heard someone describe it. And I, I really liked that description here. He's arrogantly opinionated. And 
we have to just point out, you know, that classic guy who's living in his mom's basement playing video games, you know, mm -hmm. maybe he's wearing a fedora and he, you know, he just, he thinks he's naturally smarter than everyone else in the world, but he's slothful and, and slothfulness really kind of lends itself to thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to. And uh, that's why it's such a problem. Why, why is he wearing a fedora? I don't know. That's just what I picture, you know, just the, the, the classic guy who's kind of arrogant with a fedora. I don't know. That's what came to my mind. Where, where's, where's your, where's your study at in your house, Chase? <laughs> where's my study at? It's in my basement. Oh, okay. Oh, just, okay. Just, just okay. It's not my mom's house though. Okay. Uh, so uh, let me, and, let me, and my gaming and my gaming console is upstairs, not in my okay. basement, just in case you want to. And you don't own a fedora, right? I don't know. I do not own a fedora. <laughs> Thankful for that. Uh, can, can I ask a question? Um, uh, and of course, I'm leading with this. Uh, verse 17 in my Bible has a space. So, you know, clearly the proverb writer was not trying to connect these according to the uh, whoever put this Bible together. He who passes by and meddles in a quarrel, not his own, is like one who takes a dog by the ears. You know, I think that there could very well be a connection between this lazy person and somebody who is meddling in other things. Um, uh, and I'm just going to use that verse as a segue. I'm, I don't know that they're that it's intended to be connected at all, but I am thinking about passages like First Timothy five, um, where Paul instructs the younger widows to remarry because he says otherwise in verse thirteen. Besides, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies, saying things which they ought not. You know, laziness leads to other sins as well, um, and so there ought to be a, 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 even a, a strong caution and warning um, against being lazy. It's not just about, well, you're not being productive. It's not just the lack of positivity it also leads to the negative issues. Well, well, let's let's make a very specific application of that. All three of us have, have dealt with this situation. Y young men, maybe not just young men, who have time on their hands and not enough to do and end up spending their time looking at pornography. One of the things that, that I think is true is that often people um, get into pornography partly because they don't have enough to do. They have time on their hands. I'm not saying that's the whole issue, but one of the one of the solutions is get busy doing good. Yeah, good, good point. Well said. Well, let, let's uh, let's kind of wrap up by taking a look at the field of the sluggard as Solomon describes it for us. If you guys want to look over at chapter twenty four, um, I'll read this for us. Chapter twenty four, verses thirty to thirty four. So Solomon says here, I passed by the field of the sluggard and by the vineyard of the man lacking sense. And behold, it was completely overgrown with thistles. Its surface was covered with nettles, and its stone wall was broken down. When I saw, I reflected upon it. I looked and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then your poverty will come as a robber, and your want like an armed man. There's a lot of similarities actually between this and what is said back in chapter six um, in verse nine and 10 there. Um, but as, as Solomon describes for us the field of the sluggard, um, what is he 
assume about the man once he sees the state of his um, of his vineyard. That that the state of the vineyard was due to inactivity, lack of industry, laziness. Yeah, exactly. So he's able to take a look at the possessions that this man has. And by the way he takes care of them, it communicates to Solomon. I like the way he says in verse 32, when I saw it, I reflected upon it, I looked and received instruction. Just by looking at what this man's been given and his own stewardship, it's communicating something to Solomon about this man. No, and I'll, yeah, go ahead. You just, just there's a there's a balance that becomes evident here. We don't want to be materialistic. Just have have a nice, beautiful house for the sake of having a nice, beautiful house, so everybody can look at me and see how great I am. But at the same time, the opposite thing, where I just care nothing and I just let everything go to pot because I don't want to be materialistic. That's that's also the wrong idea. There is value in in applying ourselves to make things better, and to maintain yes. things. With, yeah, and that's exactly my point here. How, how we treat our possessions can reveal our work ethic. Mm-hmm. And as how we are as stewards can reveal how we feel about what we've been blessed with, mm-hmm. just by the way that we treat it. Yep. And Solomon's looking at this guy, he's saying, well, you're not, up, you're not keeping this up. You're not treating it. Well, you must not care about it. You must be a sluggard. That must be the only explanation. Um, and th- this reminds me in, of 1 Peter 4. In verse 10, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. By being diligent stewards of what God has given us, it communicates to others how we feel about what God has given us. And I think that's important to see. Now, Jeff said there's a balance there, and I I totally agree with him. We shouldn't just drive past someone's house and if maybe one of the shutters have fallen off or the, the garden is overgrown, we just assume they're lazy. I don't think that's fair at all whatsoever. Um, I don't think that's right. But as people ourselves, we need to consider what, what that might be communicating to people. Um, we need to be good stewards of what God has given us. So there's definitely a balance here that, that needs to be met. And as with a lot of the Proverbs, they are general truths, not intended to be taken as absolutes. Uh, But, you know, a a stone wall doesn't break down overnight. Um, This is an example of somebody who has just been uh, not not tending to uh, his responsibilities for some time. Um, And, uh, you know, one way or another, something should have been done. Right. Um, Well, guys, there's one more passage I want to look at with our last few minutes, if that's okay. Look back at chapter 10. And read with me in verse 26, Proverbs 10, 26, as we kind of wrap up this topic. Like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the lazy one to those who send him. So as we all are reflecting on our own lives and, you know, asking the question, am I lazy? Are these some tendencies that I've fallen into? It's important to remember how others feel about someone that's lazy. Joe, you were in the military. Jeff, you've had different jobs through the years. Have you ever had to work with somebody that is lazy? Yep. It's frustrating, isn't it? It it, it creates more work for you with them being there if they had just not come altogether, you know, if they just stayed away. And I really like this. I, I don't 
exactly relate to vinegar on the teeth. I, I can kind of understand that concept. I do relate to smoke on the eyes, right? Uh, it's just kind of an irritant. It, it's frustrating to have that happen. And I was also think you all ever seen that meme before where um, asked, do you have a special power? And the guy is sitting next to a fire and the smoke is going in his eyes. And then he gets up and moves to the other side and the smoke still goes in his eyes. <laughs> that's, that's kind of what it's like with the lazy guy. It's like anywhere you go with him, it's like getting smoke in your eyes because his laziness is dragging everyone else down. So, and that's what Solomon is trying to get us to consider, right? Think about others. Think about what your slothfulness is doing to other people. It, it's impacting them. Go ahead, Joe. Literally, that happened to me once. I was supervising a, a night crew in a grocery store several years ago, and I had a fella who would, uh, at, at night in the night crew, they were allowed to smoke, and uh, he would, not, but not in the aisles, but he would, he would light up a cigarette and, and smoke with one hand while he was stocking shells with the other. And, and so he would take a can, and you could, he could only work one-handed because he had a cigarette in his other. And, and it was really like, just go home. You know, and, and so it was not only was he the irritant, but the smoke was as well. And so it's a it's a very fitting uh, picture here. Of, all, of that. all you needed to do is grab a thing of vinegar off the shelf and take a swig. That would have completed the trifecta. Jeff, you got anything else you want to add, brother, before we close? No, you know, well, just this. Patrick sends a comment. He says, Jesus might not have cleaned out his gutters as often as others since he was so busy teaching the gospel. Uh, and, you know, the, the fact is, we want to keep our priorities right, and um, we want to be sure that we're most concerned about uh, being good examples, being diligent in our spiritual uh, efforts, in our walks with Christ, and taking advantage of opportunities to teach others. And there's sometimes when I may let something go of a physical means in order to take care of uh, a spiritual obligation or responsibility or helping somebody else. Uh, but at the same time, uh, there is some value in being the kind of person who just tends to things, does what needs to be done. Joe, you mentioned the passage in Ephesians chapter 4 a bit earlier where it says, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor with his hands that he may have whereof to give to him that has need. The more I have my ducks in a row, the better off I'm going to be and the better able I'm going to be to help somebody else. And if I might, I think that's a really good illustration that, that Patrick gave. You know, there are some people that are going and, and preaching the gospel. Maybe somebody that doesn't have that gift, maybe what they can do is go and clean somebody else's gutters. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. You know, it, that, that is that, that very helpful when uh, those who are, are capable at physical things work together in, uh, in the kingdom. Yeah, well said, guys. Um, we can all be busy in God's kingdom looking for things to do. All of our jobs might look different. We just need to employ the gifts that we've been given um, in the kingdom and see them as God's grace. All right, well, that, that's our time, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Lord willing, we'll pick up on, uh, I don't know what our topic will be next week, but we'll see everyone, Lord willing, next Wednesday. Thank you so much.